0: Are you blessed or are you cursed? With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you want to confide about the darkness inside?
1: Come and talk about it on Self
0: Worst
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Self Worst. This is Brad Pearson. Been a minute, um, you know, took some time off uh, with everything going on uh, I was kind of on a hiatus before the, uh, the George Floyd murder and the protests started, and then after that, it just didn't really feel right to uh, continue recording my, you know, sadness podcast in the middle of everything happening, and it, it spiraled into not really knowing when it was appropriate to come back. Um, or whether he, anybody even cares about this podcast, you know, stuff like that. And that, y- y- you know how I get, you know how I get, but, um, I've decided to just bring it back and, uh, hope that people are still listening. I know that myself, I haven't really been listening much to podcasts anymore. It's really dropped off, uh, just cause I'm not working. I'm not commuting to and from work. That was usually my podcast time. Um, but people are still making them, and hopefully people are still listening. Hope uh, hope my loyal, loving fan base is still out there listening. Hope you're excited to have me back. Um, I hope that this doesn't come off as tone deaf, me coming back in the middle of all of this. Um, you know, just, just continuing on as normal. Um, I, of course, want to address things. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, I and this podcast uh, stand with the movement Um, I hope that everybody listening is getting involved getting out in the streets fighting for what's right I hope you're donating I hope you're calling people Um, hope you're wearing a mask oh my god wear a mask I've been going outside lately seeing motherfuckers without even the mask around their neck just no mask like the thing's over listen PSA here it's not over just because they say it's over, just because your capitalist overlords want you to go back to work and be productive again, does not mean that this pandemic is over. Don't listen to them. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. I hope that you're organizing. Uh, speaking of organizing, we're going to be talking to a couple of. Uh, Really cool local organizers here in the uh, in the neighborhood, uh, who I've been, who I've met and who I've been doing some marching with. Um, so that's coming up. Uh, we haven't gotten the interviews down just yet; they're very busy, but that is coming uh, soon. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we are talking to Diego Lopez. He is a uh, comedian and an MMA instructor, mixed martial arts. Uh, for those of you who don't know what acronyms are and uh, he's a really cool guy. Uh, he's really funny on Twitter. I'm going to drop his Twitter in the uh, show notes. Super funny on there. Uh, if, if, I mean, you know, obviously stand-up is not a thing happening right now, but uh, that's a good way to keep up with him. Um, and as you know, I've been uh, delving into the world of combat sports recently um, and it's really been saving my life during uh, the quarantine, uh, having a, a daily practice, having physical activity, intense physical activity. It's been, it's been keeping me healthy. It's been keeping my mind sharp. And um, there is a spiritual aspect to it uh, that we go into. We, we talk mostly about uh, the sports and, and about the mental and spiritual aspect of uh, getting punched um and 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 fighting and slapping and rolling around with people and all of that stuff um it's a really cool talk um and i hope you enjoy it uh let's let's go to the interview podcast the
0: podcast we're doing a podcast two boys doing a podcast
1: uh when was the last podcast you recorded uh two days ago two days ago so you're still you're still uh doing a lot of podcast stuff
0: i mean yeah luckily my, so i have a podcast and mm. uh my co-host is my roommate so we just they're still doing them in the apartment so it's been that's been consistent and easy convenient yeah
1: well that's great um so yeah. how has how the you know uh the shutdown uh been sort of uh working for you or not uh, working for you
0: yeah Basically. So yeah, my, I teach MMA for a living. That's my job. So I can't obviously do that. The gym has been closed. I believe we're phase four of reopening, which is the last phase. I think we just started phase two. Um, So I haven't been teaching for, I think my last class I taught was beginning of March, somewhere in there. Um, You know, it's been tough. Uh, It's weird not getting punched in the face every day. It's weird not getting to do jujitsu every day. Um, our gym, we we put up a GoFundMe because obviously we're having issues paying rent. My gym is in Williamsburg, one of the most expensive places in the in the, in the city to, to to have a gym. And uh, luckily, a lot of people came through. A lot of friends were able to share it and stuff. So we're we're pretty close to our goal. Um, but just really looking forward to getting back. I luckily have like kettlebells at home, and like I've been working out a lot, but not fighting, which is my favorite thing.
1: Yeah um it's been it's been weird like i uh i just started um as i was telling you before i, I just sort of discovered kickboxing about a year or so ago um mm-hmm. and just you know had had kind of had hesitations about starting it for various reasons and, and then just finally did it and and was just like oh this is great like hitting a heavy bag is yeah. nothing better than this like um where's this been my whole life and like I, I needed this outlet and blah 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 and then you know uh shutting everything down was just i mean it was a bummer for a lot of reasons but um you know not being able to go to the gym and and just knowing that like oh that's not coming back for a while because you know when i think about like what i typically look like when i'm throwing punches i'm just like like just breathing yeah like there's just spittle, (laughs) spittle and sweat flying everywhere and it's just I think they're trying to reopen, uh, the gym with limited capacity, but I don't uh-huh. really want to go. Like, I, I just yeah. don't feel, I don't feel right about it. So For sure. um, we've been doing video classes and, um, and, 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 that's been actually working out. Okay. Cause I have enough space and, um, there's, you know, I found this really one, this, this one instructor that I really fucking love. Um, and that's been working out. I've been thinking about putting a heavy bag up on my roof. Um, yeah. see see if that actually works. I don't know.
0: I, I bought have... a a double end bag mm-hmm. that I hung up basically. Oh uh, I've like a pull up bar. You you know those pull up bars that you just like snap snap yeah. onto the door frame? Yeah. I just snap it onto that and put it on the bottom to the kettlebell and that that allows me to like make contact and that kind of like helps scratch that itch for me. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think heavy bag if you if you have space, like I'm so jealous of people with backyards or have like I live in New York, I live in Brooklyn, I don't have space, like I'm so jealous of that. But if you could hang up a heavy bag somewhere or if you can get a uh, I think, in my opinion, if you could hang a heavy bag, what you should do is go on Amazon and get what I think they're called um buoys. So it's have you seen bladder bags in boxing? The 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 the, the teardrop shaped bag that's full of water that people hit? Yeah. So it's become a, a big fad in boxing, but they're very expensive. But what you can do is buy what they initially were, which are these floating. Um, they're filled with water, but they 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 should get shipped to you empty. Basically, is why they're so inexpensive. If you right. buy like an Everlast one or one that's made for boxing, they jack up the price because they know they can. But right. I'm sure I, I've seen them. You you can get them for like under hundred bucks. They ship very cheap because it's just a piece of rubber basically it's a ball of rubber when you get it you fill it with water and you hang it that's better than than shipping a hundred pound heavy bag to your apartment or your house yeah it's way cheaper
1: yeah I, I i mean i've been thinking about that because i mean my ceilings are just they're like sort of awkwardly here i can show you they're like just sort of lazily oh, okay. tiled over with yeah. just it looks like just particle board that was painted like i'm not sure what's going on beyond there I don't know if I can really, uh, hang anything, mm-hmm. uh, safely. Plus there's just no room in here. Like, I mean, yeah. the walls right there, like there's just, it would just, it would just really cramp up the space. So I thought about getting like a freestanding, um, uh, heavy bag, like one you fill, the you know, you fill the base with water, um, and putting that up on the roof and like training up there, like I'm fucking, uh, daredevil or something. Um, yeah you know uh, but uh i've had cons- i don't know i don't know like i don't know if the weight would be too much i have like this this like nightmare scenario of like caving in my ceiling or something um you know like caving <laughs> yeah, in the roof up there in. and then having to try to sure. explain that to the landlord or something so i don't know sure but whatever maybe i should just little little and do it i don't know our it's landlord nice. also hasn't like fucking even like cashed our rent check from this month so i don't think they really care oh yeah. all right that's a good sign yeah um so what i'd like to know is what uh how you got involved in the first place in in mma
0: so uh i moved to new york from south florida in 2000 the beginning of 2009 my mm-hmm. my best friend moved up here the year before and we were both uh in florida man manage- do you know what journeys is the shoe store like the oh, retail yeah. store yeah the little I, he and stickers. i were both yeah, he and I were managing our own journeys. We were, I was 20. He was 19. We each just had our own store in South Florida. And it was kind of like, oh, I guess this is what our life is going go to be like. Did you go to college or
1: did you just do uh, No, right no yes, yeah,
0: finished high school. Finished high school, had nothing else to do. And uh, so we started working there. And uh, he moved to New York in 2008. I came to visit him on vacation. I'm like, oh, I'll go check it out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should be here. New York is where I should. This is awesome. If I'm going to do nothing, I might as well do nothing in a cool place. Sure. So I moved here. And uh, quietly with the the goal to pursue, to, pursue, to pursue stand-up comedy in New York, I was kind of afraid to start. And then a month after moving to New York, he suggested, my best friend suggested I go try this kickboxing class that a couple of his friends have been doing. Because I've always been an athlete, but I never did martial arts. And I walked into a gym, which is still my gym, still under the same instructor. Um, and I was like, oh, I really like this. Um, and then I just kept training, wanted to do it more often and was really liking it. And then at one point, I think I was still the white belt. I asked my instructor, I'm like, hey, do you think if I get my blue belt, I can maybe take an MMA fight? Like, I just wanted to do one just to see what it would be like. How, how, I wanted to see how I would react to being in a cage with another guy um but then that led to more fights because i was like "Ah, i could be better than this and i I could do better and i just kept fighting um but then i started getting to the point like okay i really want to do stand-up comedy that's uh, i i've kind of i don't love competitively fighting i love training i love teaching i love being at the gym i don't love cage fighting It wasn't my favorite thing in the world
1: it doesn't seem pleasant i mean you're getting hit you know yeah
0: it's not yeah it's not necessarily it's pleasant i expected it to be unpleasant to a degree but it's like I never enjoyed the wins. I, I I liked not losing. I didn't like I wasn't super happy to win. I was undefeated. I won a title. I, I I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish in MMA. And I was just like, cool, I'm glad I did it. I don't know regrets on doing it, but like I didn't love I didn't love that my success was predicate predicated upon someone's failure. And mm. MMA, it's one person succeed, one person's fail. It's very simple. Um so I won the title at my weight class for a little promotion. And then I quit and I'm like, I'm going to start stand up comedy now. Um, But still, I still, I'm still at the gym every single day. So my mornings are basically teach four or five classes, and then stand up comedy at night. Um, And that's been like that for about five years now. It's like the best, it's my favorite. I have the best life. Like it's my favorite life.
1: That's a pretty good setup. That's a good, that's a good routine. I mean, most (laughs) comics do need to find some sort of uh, day job. Um, But that that seems really accommodating because you're like done by noon. Um, yeah. what's funny is you were more hesitant to get up on stage and do comedy than you were to, like, get into a ring and get hit in the face. Holy. Isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah. it's Well, I mean, to me, it was a kind of thing where, like, in high school, elementary school, I was always the funny kid. I, I, I'd been told mul- by multiple people in my life that I should do stand-up comedy. So there was this weird pressure of, like, you're supposed to be good at this at this point, mm. where MMA came out of nowhere. I was I'm not supposed to be good at it. I was never... An aggressive or violent kid, I was never trying to pick fights. I was just athletic and I liked testing myself, so like my success to failure in mMA to me was the attempt. If I attempted it, that's my success in comedy. I have to be good to to feel successful right. um, so it's like when, when no one expects something out of you, it take, it's a little easier to try
1: um so. With you being, you know, I mean, you're obviously, you're a very, you're smart, you're a very progressive, uh, evolved kind of dude. Um, mm-hmm. And the stereotype of an MMA dude is, I mean, not really that, sure. if you get my sure. meaning. Um, sure, And so, you know, and, and that was honestly a big thing that sort of kept me out of a lot of uh, combat sports in the beginning, was I just had this sort of idea of it being like, oh God, there's going to be all these like fucking like Joe Rogan bros in there and like yeah I'm just not gonna fit in. Like I'm this like, mm-hmm. nerdy guy. I like I, I wear glasses. I like Steven Universe. I like Prince. Like they're just they're yeah. just gonna eat me alive in there. And yeah. and so like but you are, are you know you're you're in that world and, and you're thriving. So um yeah uh, you know what's that like?
0: I mean those guys exist sure. by a lot. Like yeah. it's not I'm not gonna say those guys don't exist I think they're a little more toned down than you think they are. I think those kind of guys exist in the, the middle skill level of MMA mm-hmm. um, where the, there's a threshold you need to pass to be really good at MMA. Not to say that I am, but it is my livelihood. You, you, there's a level of self-awareness and a level of empathy that you need to kind of develop to get to the higher echelons of the skill set. So the, the very skilled fight, the the, the UFC people that I know, the the friends of mine who have succeeded at the UFC, they're very kind. They're very open-minded. Now they may come from places that their traditional, um, upbringing may halter their, uh, their ability to be to express what would be considered more liberal beliefs or more open-mindedness stuff. They will, they tend to stay out of it, which is almost just as bad, um, but a lot of the people that I know that people would see them as like aggressive Joe rogan tough guys, they have that side to them, but they are quite open-minded because the idea of MMA is to be open-minded. It's taking in whatever works. If you have any kind of like emotional walls towards a technical, um, t- any technical information, you're, you might be doing yourself a disservice. Um, but those guys do exist. I tend to believe that a gym, an academy, however you're a dojo, is is tailored by the higher s- skill set students if if someone's new and they walk into a gym and the higher level students are douchey and rude even if the new person isn't that they'll be tailored in that direction over time because they're moving towards that goal that's how they see it right and i believe in the inverse and in my gym my instructor myself the higher up students were very open we're very inclusive. We're, we're, we want everyone to train. We're also in Williamsburg. It's not a place for fighters necessarily. You don't want to live. You don't want to pay rent in New York City if you're pursuing MMA as a living. So it's just people that have jobs but want to train. They want to exercise. So I think it, it, it's finding a gym that people are, are that the, the higher-ups are open-minded and kind. Um, but knowing that those kind of guys exist in almost every facet of life. So it's really hard to avoid them. Sure. you can be better than them
1: yeah i mean you could always just beat them up <laughs> like i don't know yeah it's awesome I mean, you it's, know I, I... you can i mean there's you know that's that's the dichotomy right the cobra kai versus the daniel son you know uh, and and you know you're gonna just run into those people everywhere i suppose mm-hmm. um but yeah they're, they're just they're just felt like something i mean the gym is a vulnerable place especially when you're beginning and so to mm-hmm. go there um as you know kind of a, a a like noodle armed you know uh newbie and and just like be up against all these you know like really like strong brawny people, um yeah, you know, especially i mean, I don't know, I mean, this is a whole can of worms is is just the uh, uh uh the degree of performative masculinity and toxic masculinity in our in yeah. our society is just fucking insane i mean yeah. there's always you know, it, you can't win. I mean, there's just, there's, there's always a bigger dick. There's always a bigger bicep. There's always, you know, a guy with more money and a, and, and a, mm-hmm. a motorcycle with more CCs. And there's always a guy who smashed more chicks and like, you yeah. can't win any aspect of it. And so, you know, for me as, as like a, um, coming into that world as a really sort of, um, you know, sensitive, uh, emotional, uh, you know, former theater kid. Um, I guess what I've noticed is, you know, about, I, I mean, I haven't met or really like rubbed elbows with a lot of those types of dudes, but like in my experience is mm-hmm. like, oh, they're just as insecure as I am, you know?
0: Yeah. It, it's, I think, I think martial arts and MMA, but specifically Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I think does a fantastic job of bringing people to the middle. So it can take someone who is, let's say, hypermasculine and aggressive, and it could humble them and bring them to reality because a tiny woman can destroy them if they're tech- if they're if they're skilled enough. So it can it can bring you down to reality. It can bring you to this idea of like, well, this small person just wrecked me. Maybe I should be a little calmer. Maybe I should be more kind, a little more relaxed. I'll learn more if I soften up. But then the inverse a very timid person, a very um, gentle and and emotional person can be kind of hardened to a degree to gain some success. That doesn't mean that you have to lose who you are, but you are going to gain more. In my head, I see them as little like knobs that you can turn on and off and turn the intensity on and off. Like you get better at adjusting those things. So depending upon what you're trying to accomplish, the room you're walking into, I don't walk into every room as it's now MMA time and I got to wreck people it's more what's necessary for me to get the most out of whatever this room is. But that's what I like about martial arts, but, 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 but jujitsu so much is that it's, it's, it just, it makes it, it's such an even playing field where it takes so many variables off the, off the table where it's like, right. are you more skilled than me? No, that's all it that matters. Yeah, There's been, I've had literal CrossFit instructors, like, Freaks physically, like just nine pack, like amazing animal, uh, uh, like uh, ripped dudes come to the gym, roll with me for two minutes and they're dead. They can't hang. I'm not strong. I'm just technical. Right. And seeing that in their face, like, oh, there's more to this is a really, really, really fun feeling.
1: Are there weight classes in jujitsu?
0: Yeah. So in jujitsu competitions, they're breaking, they're broken down by classes in the same way cage fights are. It, it, but they also have what's called absolute. So if my weight class is 170, 170, whatever it depends on the, the tournament, if my weight class is 170, I can compete at 170, but I also can sign up for absolute, which just means it's open weight, right. which is a, a very cool um, rarity in martial arts and combat sports. It right. doesn't exist in a lot of different combat sports, to my knowledge. Because um, you could watch people that – compete like there's a lot of youtube matches because people love them they love the underdog story of a, a, a small woman trampling a bigger woman like they they like this underdog story um and just it, it's it's very interesting in that way
1: right you get just like a like a sarah vowel type taking down like goro you basically know? basically yeah it's, it's, yeah it's, it's i intense. mean i think
0: i think it was michelle nicolini i believe who beat gabby garcia and gabby garcia is like six, three, I think 200 pounds of just muscle. And it's just like, that's cool. They're both black belts, but one was just more black belt that day. Hmm. Um, that's very inspiring.
1: Um, have you ever been in a real fight? Like a street fight? I
0: haven't been in a street fight since I've learned how to fight. I've had the opportunity opportunity to be in a street fight. People have like um, presented the option you know, right. um, if I was a less. Uh, I don't want to say skill. Um, if I was unable to control my emotions to the extent I am now, I would have been in the street fight. Hmm. But when you get skilled at fighting, when you when you when it's your livelihood, what you do six days a week, you recognize a how awful violence is, how 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 absolute, how quickly. You can change someone's life with a strike, how much, how unnecessary it is. The consequences of violence are astronomical. The last thing I want is to get hurt, but I don't want to hurt anybody. Um, My ability to trust my skill set allows me to be more vulnerable. So if someone's in my face, if someone's yelling at me, someone's angry at me, it doesn't turn on the alarms anymore internally for me. Mm. It lets me problem solve and go, okay, let's say I'm at a club or a bar. No. Uh, and I touch <laughs> someone's foot or I bump into somebody and they get angry at me. Right. Most people, most guys get angry back. Why? Because they see that person and they know people are watching and they don't want to feel like a punk. I don't give a shit what these people think. I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. So if this guy gets mad at me. I just apologize. I'll offer to buy them another drink. I don't care. It's not real. You know, the only times I would use actual physical uh, altercation, I, I put my hands on somebody is if they're hitting me or they're hitting somebody else. Right. Um, I've definitely gotten in front of people or between people, like on the train or at, at comedy shows, in the back of shows, sometimes people get angry and I just, I just kind of like, I make my presence known. Right. And it's, it's kind of amazing how much you could accomplish with direct and unbroken eye contact which is like it's i'm not the one just just stop i'm 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 begging you not to do this that's it <laughs> right. and a lot of times it stops
1: and and you've kind of you've you've come to learn all of this through martial arts training
0: yeah i mean hmm
1: just the emotional journey of it
0: yeah i think i i i'm very lucky to be not. i think I'm, i don't know if this is true I don't know if it's the martial arts itself or just who I am. I think I'm very, uh, I have a very healthy emotional intelligence. I, I can't read. I'm not very smart on paper. I'm, I can't take an, no, thank, no, thank you to an IQ test. But emotionally, I think I have a decent intelligence. So I'm able to, to dissect what somebody wants and what they need in the moment. Do they need to feel like they're stronger than me to leave the situation? If they do, fine. I don't care. Do they want to make sure they don't look like a punk to everybody else? Do they want me to lower myself so that they could feel good? I don't care. I'll do it. I don't give a shit. But when they do it to somebody else or they put their hands on somebody else or me, that's where the line is crossed. But up to that, I don't care. But, yeah, I think there's been a couple books I've read that have helped me kind of figure out this type of thinking and this type of mindset. Um, the Art of Learning, I think, is the most important book I've ever read. Um the, the Inner Game of Tennis too like Those are just two books that have completely changed my life Changed the way I perceive information um, But yeah I think I'm just also lucky In terms of my mental uh, The way I think about uh, Interactions I guess is the way to say it
1: Yeah Yeah I mean, well so, okay see this is This is why I need to further pursue martial arts Because I think this is uh, Has been a big part of why I have such a uh, a chip on my shoulder. And um, I don't know. I do have uh, an anger issue, (laughs) a rage issue. And I I have, you know, talked about this with my therapist. And I think a big part of it comes from uh, being bullied when I was a kid and um, not fighting back and just rolling over and and just being like... Same. I, you know... Um, I guess I, f- I, I just always I, I look back on shit like that And just feel like I wish that I had stood up for myself Even if it meant I would get my ass kicked Like Because yes. then Because yes. you recover from that physically You don't recover Absolutely. From uh, humiliating yourself You know
0: Yeah a black eye or a cut That will heal At least yeah. you know you stood up for yourself And that's the stuff that I think can has pushed me. When I was fighting, like I trained so hard. I was in the gym day and night. I lived at the gym for one point. Like I really gave one hundred percent of myself. And I think I don't know if I would have done that if I hadn't have felt that awful, awful, vulnerable feeling when you're a kid and you're bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard because I, I teach children. I I, I I teach a lot of adult classes. I teach four kids classes a week. And I picked them up from school, I walk them to the gym, I talk to them a lot. And the one thing I try to I don't push or I I'll kind of like plant the seed is like the the physical damage that you may take will go away. That that pain is a feeling that is a very momentary of, of a physical altercation, unless something a freak accident, someone falling and breaking their neck, obviously. Right. But the the, the, the internal damage that those kind of situations can yeah. do are, are stay with you for such a long time now most people that i know that i've been bullied are way cooler than any bully i've ever met in my life so it's a weird thing where it's like i'm not trying to act like everyone needs to be bullied but there is an interesting thing of of being a child and and being dealt some difficulties and you having to kind of uh, dissect or 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 take those in and deal with them and grow with them um but i also i the, the feelings of being bullied man that's some of the strongest memories I have in my life are being bullied. I was—I remember—I grew up in South Florida, and I was the only uh, non-black kid in my school. And I was at a basketball game, and I just ended up—I went by myself. I'm like, I want to support the team. I love the team. And I'm sitting there, and someone just starts pouring soda down my back, and I just have to sit there and go, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I my eyes. I remember just getting like so heartbroken because I'm like, I'm here. I want to support the team, and now I'm being bullied and picked on. And then I just like I I just froze. I totally froze. And it's like one of the strongest memories I have. I remember this. It was great. It was uh, like a fruit punch soda, like, like a Hawaiian punch. I remember. I can smell it. You know that memory is so strong yeah. because it hurts so deep. Yeah. Um, this is so hard to get over. Yeah.
1: And Hawaiian punch too. How perfect that their whole ad campaign yeah, was based on the guy punching. The <laughs> kid. That stuck with yeah. me for some reason.
0: For sure. For sure. But the the martial arts stuff, like the training, the dealing with that, because it gives you a confidence in yourself, even though it might be – I know a lot of people on the outside looking in the MMA can say, like, oh, this is a stupid, aggressive guy. He's hitting things hard. Why don't you go talk to a therapist? Why don't you call your dad? I get those jokes. They're funny jokes. Love jokes. Um, But you have to – there is a part of uh, of being an adult of – Developing the strength to protect yourself physically is an unbelievable gift that you can give yourself. Hmm. It's with you at all times. If you're good at basketball, it only counts when you're on the court. If you're good at poker, you better have a deck of cards on you. I am good at fighting. It is with me with every step I take. It's with me with every room I enter, every dark street I walk down. You can't take it away. Every interaction I have with someone is different because I can protect myself. The yeah. strength I have now, uh, like I said before, the strength I have now allows me to be as vulnerable as possible. And that's beautiful.
1: That is beautiful. That's a, that's a really great way of putting it.
0: Thank you. <clears throat>
1: um, when, before you got into MMA, um, mm-hmm. how were you carrying around uh, that anger? The, 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 the um the aftermath of of being a, a bullied kid
0: yeah, I think it's one of those things that you don't notice it until it's like you don't notice it until it's gone so in my head up until then i was I was a jock my whole life i wasn't been a, a, an athlete I played hockey growing up, so it was like a pretty aggressive sport mm-hmm. um so like i never in high school i didn't feel bullied. In high school, I didn't feel uh, like the victim. I was the captain of my hockey team. I was pretty popular because I was funny and I was on the weekly show. So, like, high school was pretty cool in that regard. Um, But then I got a little bit older and then I I did notice myself getting angry at people. I was pretty good at being even keel, but then, like, when I started training, I could feel it melting away and it just made me feel like, oh, that was there the whole time. I was very lucky not to take it out on anybody. I was very lucky to not be like um angry with people, but it's a thing where you're like uh it's like a fog over my life yeah that I didn't recognize was there, and I could almost like feel it lifting over time and 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 getting better and it's like nobody in my gym has cried more than I have on those mats uh, i I have you can baptize yourself with effort and sweat and you can kind of become new by exhausting your body. It's, I think your brain has an energy, a mental energy to lie to yourself. But when you exhaust your body, it's not there anymore. And you have to be truthful. And you have to kind of, um, confront certain parts of yourself that you can only confront if you have exhausted your body. And, um, I think that's why a lot of times a lot of like endurance athletes fall in love with just killing, like gassing out because there's a weird, clarity at the end of that road that 90 percent of human beings 95 percent of humans will never discover and you i remember being at the gym and i was i was fighting i was paying for a rematch and the, the the initial fight it started and he dropped me with the first punch and i hadn't been dropped in the cage yet and i was able to survive the first round and i remember getting off the stool for the beginning of the second round and i was i was like oh i'm actually scared I can feel myself be really scared. And he threw the same punch again. I was able to block it, take him down, and I get a rear-naked choke. And I see his hands fall. But the, 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 the 10-second bell just went, and the ref isn't stopping me. And it's not my job to let go. Right. My job is to let go when the ref makes me let go. And I don't want to go to the third round because he's already dropped me. So I was in fear, and I held on, and they called the fight a no contest. Uh, fast forward a couple days, he hits me up on Facebook and is very rude and very aggressive and challenges me to a rematch. I take, I accept the rematch, obviously. But now my fear is making me work out and train so hard that it's becoming a detriment. It's hurting me now. And I remember being at the gym. I already did three classes, strength training, sparring, and then I'm just now working the heavy bag for no reason, like just really gassing out. And I just start crying. I just, My body just was like... Bits, there's something you're, you're, you're hiding from with physical effort. Hmm. Take a second. So I just sat down and kind of let myself, um, leach that emotion out of my body. And, uh, it was really like a, a an important moment and there's nobody there. There's no one at the gym to see that there was no, everyone already left. I locked up after that. Like it was a very intimate moment. I had that, uh, I don't think I would have gotten to unless I exhausted myself. Um, but it's it's so hard. It's so hard. It's such a hard thing to get to. Um, yeah. Does that answer the question? Jesus, I think I like went on that tangent. I so. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that was great. <laughs> okay. um,
1: I mean, so the the, the fear was um, was what the, the I mean, just having this dude's aggression directed at you, or um,
0: losing. What? The fear losing. was losing. I didn't want to get dropped. I didn't want to lose. I didn't want my instructor to look bad. Because the thing, with cage fighting, the fear in cage fighting, at least for me. It wasn't necessarily getting hurt that I was afraid of. It wasn't even losing that much that that afraid which that scared me. What scared me was making my instructor disappointed, making them feel like they their investment of energy and time into me was uh, misused. It was a waste of time because I wasn't able to follow a game plan or listen in the cage or or do what was asked of me. Um, I just want to make that one person proud because they're the most important person in my life basically is, is they're the connection to this art that I love and respect so much. I want them to be proud of me. I want them to feel like um, I was a worthwhile endeavor. Hmm. Um, so that's the fear. And it's funny because that's the last fear I need to have. Cause I know my instructor, I know that person so well, I know that the last thing they're going to be is disappointed in, me. but it's, it's so hard to get across to your own mind that, they they already love you they already are uh your biggest fan for you even getting to this point whatever happens in the cage is just icing on the cake you know you are you, you went further than most people ever will and that's you know that's a lot that's that's really nice to think about at this point
1: yeah that's true i mean it, it, most people are not going to willingly get into a a cage with another person to 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 fight them until one of you uh is unconscious <laughs> exactly so I mean, you know, you're already there um, <laughs> for sure. What, what was it like, uh, you know, just like taking your first hit or taking your first L and like, you know, and just, and just like, um, you know, just, just th- even just like the physical sensation of just like getting your bell rung, getting hit in the face. What, what is Yeah. Uh,
0: so it's quite different from sparring. Um, because in sparring, it's like the first couple first year or so of sparring, there is a lot of adrenaline because it's so new and scary but then you do it more often and your body starts recognizing the situation. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't alert those alarms it's like, oh, we do this a lot. Oh, no big deal. This is just something we do. A big part of my training with my clients is as early as possible, convincing their mind that what we're doing is not fighting. We're just yeah. playing tag with our knuckles. It's, yeah, I've, not I've only
1: done it a couple of times. And the first time I was scared shitless. So, of was, course, it was really hard. And
0: that's with someone who, you know, isn't trying to hurt you. Yeah. In, in a in a safe environment, your mind still makes it feel like it's fight or flight um so the first time sparring is scary or first couple times sparring is scary um and then you 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 progress slowly so i was sparring my instructor pretty scary but i know he wants the best for me he wasn't he's barely touching me Then I started sparring other students they're not as skilled so they can't control their power as well so that was a little scary then my instructor started taking me to his instructor's gym uh, ricardo almeida in new jersey all of a sudden I'm sparring and there's Frankie Edgar. There's Edson Barboza. You know, there's Mona Marias, There's all these people I, I watch on TV and I'm afraid of. And now I'm in the same room as them. That was scary. And then it progresses, progresses. But the first time in a cage, I was pretty calm in the locker room. I was like the 13th fight of the night, but I've been in locker rooms be- for big events before. Like I said, I, uh, I played hockey forever. I, I, I won a national title. I know what that stress is like. So that wasn't too alien to me. Um, and uh, getting in the cage was weird. The floor was weird. Um, your ability to um, measure distance is a little janky in comparison to sparring. For some reason, the nerves mess with that. Mm-hmm. In sparring, you can you you're within a, a centimeter. You can you can be so skilled and you can slip punches with by this much and they completely miss. But then in the cage, all of a sudden, it's gone. So that's scary. Luckily, nothing really hurts in the cage. There's too much adrenaline. Right. I didn't feel, I, 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 you could feel your head move. You can tell you were punched. You can tell that you were leg kicked. But unless it's like a liver shot or a body shot, nothing really stings that much. Um, when I was dropped, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it at all. I was just on the floor all of a sudden. Um, the only real pain I ever felt in the cage was I was in my guard. I was sitting up for a hip bump sweep, which means I'm up on one elbow he picks me up and slams me. So I land on my elbow again and my shoulder kind of gets, I don't think I tore anything, but I definitely injured it. Um, so that hurt immediately. And in my brain, I'm like, that's gonna hurt a lot more later and I can't use my right arm now. So I was able, I was able to win a fight with just my left hand and that was like a really nice like, oh wow, you dealt with a lot of uh, um, a difficulty there and you were able to surpass it. That's that's a really nice emotional step forward for me. Um, I never lost, so that was cool. I never lost in MMA. I've lost in jiu-jitsu competitions quite a bit, um, but it doesn't really. Those don't hurt to me because it's like I said, success is relative. My success was always the attempt, the the going over the fear of getting to the arena was the biggest step to me, and if I won or lost, that's, that to me is almost moot. You 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 got to uh, the competition itself. That's cool. Um, so yeah luckily nothing really hurts in the cage but the years of sparring add up the years of of rolling every day adds up i have little injuries here and there luckily not too much knock on wood um but it's not as painful as people think it is physically right the emotional part is hard
1: how old are you i'm 33 33 okay yeah you so i'm 35 you're a couple of years younger than me and that, that's always been just like i mean because i just started and that's just been yeah. a concern of mine with just like oh man like I, I I got like maybe five, 10 years left until like it, I really start dragging, but I don't know. But like, possibly, but you know, possibly, but I, I mean, think it's... a lot of
0: time. sorry. I think a lot of times, like at this level, like where you are now, um, the issues you are, you could could traverse and avoid is being a little picky with who you train with. Hmm. If, if someone at your gym is kind of known as a spaz or known as a person who, who is prone to injure people, just avoid them, you know, like it's, it's, it's your, it's your life, but it isn't your livelihood. There's a difference. You don't have to train with everyone. You don't have to uh, put all your cards on the table to prove a point, you know? Um, so you can, tra- I mean, I've, I remember had my how old was Zach? I think we had one guy who started at 41 mm. and he's, he's trained for about seven years and he's a purple belt now. Like he's legit. He's good. He's just a little picky with who he trains and he gives himself a lot of rest. Hmm. So it's like being realistic about your goals, I think, is, is uh, paramount to your success.
1: What are your plans? What, what are your plans getting back to? I mean, I heard a little bit about your plans getting back to training and, and, and slowly starting to reintroduce that. Um, and I've heard a lot of people talk in the comedy community about how slow that's going to be uh, to return. Um, and oh yeah it's it's a whole different world now um with I mean everybody trying to adapt to zoom comedy and that having kind of a mixed bag of of, uh, yeah. of of success and yeah um and and a lot of people just you know a lot of people just saying I mean it's it's over it's done it's never coming back a lot of people saying like <laughs> it'll be back soon or a lot of you know like where where do you fall on that
0: um I think stand up comedy as we knew it, live clubs, packed people, small spaces, low ceilings, is going to be kind of dead for about two years. Mm. Um, I think that the people that were near the top are going to be able to continue, but anything below that, you're either going to have to evolve or die. Um People that were already on the road as headliners or on Netflix and specials, they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to headline in smaller rooms or or, or rooms with less people and still be able to make a living. I think anybody below that is going to have to figure out something else. Uh, I think a lot of comedy is going to live on uh, Instagram and Twitter. A lot of character videos, a lot of single person kind of like Uh, bubble kind of like topics where they just talk about them. Stuff like that is going to be the, I think what's going to carry people comedically for a while. But yes, stand-up comedy as a, I think it's going to be really weird. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not going to do some comedy anymore because I, I I drew, I love it. Obviously Um, I'm just in no rush to get back and risk my health for doing 10 minutes of jokes yeah. right now. Um, I think uh, one of my roommates he's doing a, a zoom comedy show, but I don't think stand up traditional stand up works on zoom, you can't hear the audience. Mm-hmm. For I think you have to be able to, it's too dynamic. It's yeah, you have to be able to listen to the audience and see what they're laughing at when the laughing is dying for you to be smooth. If you don't hear them, you just talking out into the ether it's very difficult to have a good set so what they do my friend my my roommate is they do basically a zoom conference and it's the hosts and they're talking to the comedian it's almost like a mini podcast and and people can watch the mini podcast in real time and i think that's pretty smart and useful but in terms of yeah i can't imagine the comedy cellar right now with like 200 people in a tiny room you know like it's just like yeah all antithetical to what we're laughing.
1: trying. To...
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just so weird. It's it's so weird. Um, I'd be surprised if if it goes back to normal or whatever. You know,
1: yeah, we'll see. That's a bummer. Um, talk yeah. a little bit about your your own podcast.
0: Oh, so uh, I have a podcast with my roommate and best friend, Mike Brusie. Um, it's called The Little Time Podcast. It's we don't like homework. Or like uh, chores when it comes to comedy, so our, it's just us being best friends recorded, hmm. where we just talk. We, we we don't we rarely have like topics. We don't. Uh, it's yeah, it's just a conversation with the two of us. We have guests on, but not since the pandemic. We're not having people come over, and we don't like the the awkwardness of two live people talking in one call. in always feels a little clunky.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I never so, thought about that, but that yeah, I guess that is a little strange to have two people. Seems yeah, like this
0: this I think works fine. Yeah. You know, but when there's two people, this the speed and reaction between here and then the speed and reaction in here is totally changed. Um so our podcast is just him and I making each other laugh. And uh we have a couple of segments that are so stupid. Like we have an energy drink corner where we just try a new energy energy drink every episode, which you have no idea how many energy drinks there are. It's crazy. It's um, insane. There's so isn't many. So many. Um and then we have like, uh, why'd you tweet that uh, segment where we're like, if we have a guest, we like go through the Twitter and go, why'd you tweet that? And like, it's like a stupid things like that. Very silly and stupid, but it's just a nice fun time with hmm. my best friend.
1: Yeah. I mean, other than the podcast, do you have anything else that you would like to plug?
0: Um, I have a, uh, a depressing workout video series on YouTube called Lift. There's also a, a Twitter account for it where I just tweet sad funny things about working out. Um because I think the workout exercise industry are a bunch of psychopaths who don't acknowledge how people work out because they don't feel nice. They feel bad. So uh yeah. n- lift and then um do have anything else? No, that's it. That's it. My podcast a little time podcast is the biggest thing I'm, right now.
1: That's great. Um oh fuck. I was gonna ask you. Um have you Please. have you done um therapy? Like traditional therapy. No, I've therapy, never seen like that.
0: I've never spoken to oh, like a therapist,
1: you mean? Yeah, anything like that.
0: Yeah, never spoken to never sat with a therapist. I've uh uh I believe in therapy. I support people do it taking therapy. I think it's a phenomenal thing people should do. Um like I said before, I feel like I'm not that I couldn't benefit from it, I'm sure I could. Um but I feel like I'm pretty healthy uh emotionally right now. At some point, probably I'll do it. But in terms of um my time right now, I don't think it'd be the most useful, or I definitely haven't seen a a real hard reason to do it yet.
1: It seems like you're really, you're using uh, martial arts as a therapeutic tool, um, which is kind of, I mean, a big part of what it's supposed to be. I mean,
0: yeah. and... And well, it's also, it's a thing where like, yes, I do seem to be able to take martial arts and help it, help me deal with my issues or deal with my insecurity or my, anxiety whatever it is. but then there's people that should be seeing a therapist but then use martial arts and they hurt people or hurt themselves yeah with too much effort or aggression so uh, i definitely think martial arts can benefit you deeply in terms of your mental health or your emotional health but i i definitely think that people if they if they think it's going to be the only thing they need for therapy they think they're incorrect they should be seeing a therapist then
1: yeah yeah i mean well that's that's the whole uh I don't know. That's, that's the issue we were talking about earlier with bullies and aggressive people in martial arts who like their problem isn't that they don't know how to put a person in an arm bar. Their person, their, their problem is they got a chip on their shoulder and they got this thing to prove. And right.
0: And it's, it's much easier to highlight that person in martial arts training because the damage that they're doing with their insecurities or anger or physical problems that, are very easy to identify. Like, oh, my arm is broken. Interesting. But if they worked or they trained, they did basketball, or if they did, you know, worked in an office, they'd just be rude to everyone all the time, or they'd be bullying people about their wages or what they're wearing. So it's like, it, it's it's a little bit easier to identify in martial arts, I believe.
1: Yeah. Have you ever had to, like, kick anybody out? For that I've
0: had, to, yeah, I've had to t- pull people aside a couple of times. Hmm. Um, I just talk to them. Because it's the thing is, we're like, Let's say someone goes too hard in sparring with somebody else or rolls too hard with people, because this happens quite a bit. Um, what I'll do, like, okay, so I have a, a female student who's about 125 pounds, and a male student who's about 160, 175. And they're the same rank level, but the male goes really hard on the female. Like he like he puts all his weight and everything, uses all his strength on everything. That's unnecessary. Right. I believe every person you roll with, there's a a skill speed and intensity that that is required for you to get the most information out of that person if you overdo it you're gonna get less information and you're gonna hurt that person so a lot of times if I see that I will roll with the person that's going too hard first and I would smash them <laughs> um, I would make I would make the role purposely uncomfortable uh, uncomfortable for them to try to get that message across then at the end of class I'll pull them aside and go why do you think, I just ruined your day with my body. Why do you think I, I don't roll like that. That's not the way I do things. But why do you think I did that against you? And then I let them answer the question themselves. And then they open their eyes to the, the the, the control they should be exerting on other people and the control they should be doing upon themselves and how they roll with other people. Um, I always want my jujitsu to feel like, to be like a lethal injection. You don't feel anything until the very end. I, I, I roll with children, and I don't hurt any of them. I roll with adults who are twice my size. I don't hurt anybody unless I want to. And that's, I think, a really good ability to... Uh, the decision process, I think, is very uh, useful. Right.
1: Thank you, Diego Lopez, so much for, for being on the show. Um, my pleasure. This this was really great. And um, this has made me want to uh, do more do more uh, MMA. Uh, I don't know. When, Hell yeah. Whenever you're... Um, Whenever the pandemic is starting to subside and you're, and you're taking on new clients, um, I'd like to talk to you about, uh, you know, maybe doing, Hell some yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll sort all that out yeah. uh, later, but, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. And, um, My pleasure. I'll, I'll, I'll put this up later and I'll, and I'll let you know when it's, when it's going to drop.
0: Awesome. I appreciate it, Mike. That was a lot of fun.
1: Thanks once again to Diego Lopez. What a cool guy. What a funny guy super nice super approachable he was just so chill with me just like rocking up to him and being like hey you know come on my podcast that you've never heard of cool guy awesome and uh i hope to fight him one day he'll win but you know i, I want to try it's gonna be good um so music is by Shay Bartel. thank you Shay, for the music hope you're doing well uh you can hit us up on patreon at uh patreon.com slash self worst uh i know times are tight right now money's a little tight uh just you know kick in what you can um if you can't i totally understand that is fine you can also venmo me uh if you don't feel like doing a uh recurring transaction uh every month you can just hit me up once i'm at uh brad pearson forever on venmo i will gladly accept donations um fuck i don't know what else i'll, I'll start an OnlyFans. you can look at my hog while you listen to the podcast it'll be an interactive experience no one wants that but i hope that this finds you well i hope that you and yours are healthy and uh, continuing to fight the good fight and uh, only going outdoors for important shit like protesting and organizing and helping out your community and not doing dumb shit like uh, going uh, back to Fuddruckers or whatever the fuck they want you to do. Don't listen to them. The pandemic is not over, and uh, you know wear your mask. Or um, Diego and I will beat the shit out of you. How about that? So. Oh, uh, plug my Twitter! I want to plug my Twitter. I don't ever plug my socials on here. Uh, we're on Instagram, guys. We're on Instagram at uh, at selfworst. Uh, I have my own Instagram, the Black Cone. It's mostly art stuff, and uh, I'm on Twitter at bradicalpearson. Follow me there. I'm really funny on Twitter, guys, and you don't even know because no one follows me. I got like 200 followers. Um, anyway, love you guys. Glad to be back, and uh, until next time. Go out and fail. It's good for you.